welcome and thank you for joining me for this episode of the Teach Plus podcast. This is the second episode in our foundation series where we talk about Teach Plus, our programs, and we highlight some amazing teacher leaders. Today, we have Dr. Jamil Martinez-Vasquez from Crowley ISD and Aletha Williams from Katie ISD. Today, they're going to share with us their experience as both Teach Plus Policy and Ready to Lead Fellows, and I believe you'll be inspired by the work being done here in Texas. Jamil, Aletha, thank you both for joining us today. It's great to be here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, I'm excited to be here with my other person, Jamil, who I've worked with. <laughs> Yeah, you guys have worked together for a long time now. I, sometimes I feel like I'm the newcomer because you guys worked together long before you came to me with Ready to Lead. Yes, I was actually his senior fellow. Yes. So everything that I that I know, I learned from her. So just blame her for everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know if there are congratulations or blame going around, but um, you guys are definitely making waves to be able to advocate for teachers and for students in the policy fellowship and now coming to Ready to Lead. This is a new podcast. People are just really getting to learn a little bit about Teach Plus and what we do and really what's going on as far as advocacy for uh, for education and for students. Tell a little bit about the policy fellowship, what that was, what that experience was for you, uh, and what some of the things were that you guys worked on just to kind of catch the listeners up. Uh, I was a policy fellow and then a senior fellow, just like Aletha was. Uh, so we worked together in the creation of a, we created a presentation that we mm -hmm. were, actually we did present it twice, uh, but then of course COVID hit and then that cut it short. But uh, most of the, the work that we did was regarding how to work on school climate and how to work on school culture in the, for the recruitment and retention of teachers of color. That's awesome. And did you feel like you got any traction with that? Yes, we did. Uh, but of course, again, COVID hit. Uh, so that so that stopped a little bit on that, on those. But that presentation is still there. And I heard that the policy fellows this year may take it and make it a bigger issue and take it on. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so I think it, it was great. We presented a, a Raise Your Hand Texas leadership conference we presented that mm -hmm. uh and we were going to present in fort worth isd so that so we we actually put the presentation there so they can have it so we did we made some inroads in this issue and hoping that we can continue this with not just the ready to leave fellowship but also with the policy fellowship that they can continue doing that and Aliza, were you on that same project or did you work on something different? So when I was a policy fellow, I worked with a lot with House Bill 3. Um, with, when I was a policy fellow, we were the ones that pushed for social emotional learning um, in the district. And then we were also pushing for House Bill 3 for teachers to, get, of course, get the increased pay. We also not only pushed for that, but we also, um, what I was looking at when I worked um was I worked in very low income schools. So making sure that low income districts got more money for those low income students. So I really talked about a lot with how I shared, um, me and another teacher shared supplies, we shared chairs, we shared everything. And so what people don't understand is, you know, you're an advocate in your classroom, but being able to be part of the fellowship that allows you to really talk to, you know, your house representative, your senator, and I also, represented and talked about EdTPA 
And so really getting, being able to really talk about those issues beyond the classroom and listening to parents and, and students talking about the issues that were happening at the school level and being able to speak about that. So I think the fellowship really did push me outside of my box. And I think the minute that they pushed me outside of my box, I can't get back inside that small box that I got. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't imagine anybody keeping you inside a box for long, Aletha. You you are a box breaker and that's what we love about yeah. you. Now, for those of you who might be listening to this podcast and you don't know much about Teach Plus and you don't know specifically about Ready to Lead, um, in the last episode, we had Lindsay Sobel, the uh, the interim CEO of Teach Plus on to talk about Teach Plus in general. But Ready to Lead is an initiative that we run here in Texas and we are targeting students and candidates of color and encouraging them to become educators, to enter into the education profession, to become teachers, but to enter in through really high quality preparation programs, right? Ones that will prepare them for the challenges of these areas that Aletha and Jamil are a part of, that you guys are, are working in, that you've already mentioned. And one of the unique things about Ready to Lead is when we, you guys, when you guys first came on, we asked you to start an affinity group and to allow that affinity group to drive this work. With the affinity group model, it allows you to really bounce off ideas with people who may not have the same ideas as you do, but it also helps you to come up with the same common goal that you're you're focused on. When I first started the affinity group, a lot of people were like, well, is it just a group of teachers who are there to just complain? And I was like, no, we're not complaining. <laughs> We really want change. We don't like complaining. No, we really want to have change. But because I hadn't been in this district for so long, I wanted people who had been in the district more years than I had. I had just seen things from a perspective of a person who had come into this district for like been in there for a year. And I was like, Ooh, it's bad. But I, I thought, well, maybe mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a person that's seeing something that, and it's really positive. And so that's when I started talking to other people and asking, well, maybe it's something else by bringing in all these other people. And then parents started getting involved and they started giving their ideas. And then counselors started coming in. And then people who were running for the board started coming in and giving their ideas. And I think that once it snowballed as this affinity group, it really snowballed. And so we all may not have the same um, idea. We may not look all the same, but we all have one common goal. And I think our common goal is wanting to make sure the students all have that equity piece. The students all do have someone that they see as themselves within that district. Yeah, and I remember, Aletha, you... Uh, you actually have, sometimes you'll have parents that come up to you and say, hey, we want to do this, or teachers that say, hey, th there's an opportunity, we'd like to run with it. So you don't, as an affinity group, you don't even have to carry all that no. load. You can rely on the other affinity group members to to step up to the plate, right? That's yeah. got to be beneficial. It's very beneficial because I knew when I first, so I remember when I was an applicant and I told <laughs> Kevin, He's also part of Teach Plus. I was like, you ain't got to choose me. 
I'm going to figure this out in Katie on my own, but something's going to have to change because I'm tired of seeing the crap that's going on. And I just remember having that conversation with him. He was like, okay, well, I don't have to. Change. I was like, I don't care what you do, but I'm going to do something. And I remember having the conversation with two other teachers that I was with. And I told them, I said, you know, I'm in school full time. You know, I take on too much. I'm going to need your help. And they were yeah. like, okay. And so they have been there at every meeting at everything we've been doing. They have been there. And I've been like, okay, can y'all take control of this? Cause I can't do it. Or they found people. And now it's like parents are taking control of it. And I ain't got to do nothing now. So I just, <laughs> they're like, just show up to the meeting. And then they'll just call me. We don't want to step on your toes. Can we just do this? I'm like, I don't really care what you do. Do whatever you want to do. So set up a meeting, do whatever you feel. And and I want to get in so bad to, to some of the things that you guys have been able to accomplish, but we're going to get there. Right. Uh, but Jamil, t- same question to you, just about affinity groups and, and uh, the benefits. Uh, have you seen early on in your work, have you seen that it's been a beneficial model or foresee that it's going to be beneficial in the future? I, I have. I think one of the major things about an equity group, affinity group, is the characteristic of having a safe space. Uh, and I think that's one of the most important things for I, my affinity group is Latino educators. So uh, we have not involved the community yet. That will be a second semester thing where we involve parents and all that kind of stuff. We're trying to build yet uh, this particular community here because the Latino educators here in Crowley are quite non-spoken. <laughs> so it's the opposite of being spoken. Usually yeah. we, we do not speak up. Uh, for fear, fear, retaliation, anything, for many things. So this particular, we have been able to open space uh, where even if not everybody comes to the meeting, everybody brings that everybody wants to come and say, this is what this person in my in my uh, school said that we should talk about and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it has become a safe space in the in the way that teachers are able to come and not just complain and say, this is what we need and this is how we get there. So it is, it is mm-hmm. a step in, in the right direction. Uh, the way that we do it is that the way that, that our, our group has been doing it is by talking about equity issue and representation and then talking about community building. So we have that and all those are offered in the, in the context of safety in the way that, that teachers feel safe to come and meet, feel safe to come and express their voices and give opinions. So I think that's, that's one of the major issues for me, that we are building this community, this safe space. Yeah, and I think that's so important because I know, Alita, you and I have talked about how you've talked with some teachers in your affinity group that – uh, that they don't feel safe because they feel like if they say anything, if they question anything, they might actually, I mean, they may get in trouble or they might even lose their job because they spoke up. Is that right? Yes. That, I mean, they are very scared to lose their jobs because there's a lot of retaliation. And so it's, it's very sad. Going back to this particular affinity group, we also as teachers have to convince other teachers that their voices matter. 
by yeah, offering the spaces, we can offer, hey, your voice matter. Because sometimes because of the unprofessionalization of teaching, teachers think that their voices do not matter and that they are just recipients of the district and they just, they just need to take. And I think this particular groups work on those two areas, the professionalization of the teaching uh, profession, uh, and then also allowing teachers to understand their vital voice in the education yeah. process. And I think that's important. You can make a difference, but you have to take that initiative, right? And and that's why seeing what you guys have done and, and seeing what you continue to do is very inspiring to say that, man, look, this is possible for us to make change as educators, as teachers. Before I really got into Teach Plus and the Policy Fellowship, I really never really thought my voice mattered because of the way that I had been treated, you know, like not all school districts treat you bad and not all principals treat you bad. But a lot of teachers have that feeling that my voice does not matter. And so they come across like, well, if I say this or if I feel this way, my voice just isn't going to get heard. So my voice only matters in the classroom. And I remember like as a teacher, the kids would be complaining and I'd be like, but you run the school, your parents run this school. So you're complaining to me, but you need to complain to your parents so they can make those changes. You know, but then I'd be like, but don't say I said that though, because I'm not trying to lose my job or anything. <laughs> but now I feel like, you know, since I've been in the policy fellow and I'm in ready to leave at this point, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to speak what I have to say. I'm going to say what I need to. If I lose my job, whatever, because I will find another job. But the problem is many teachers do not feel that way and they don't feel their voice matters. Our voices as teachers matter because the education system cannot go on without teachers. The problem is they have scared us so much that we will, we are scared and they don't want to say anything for fear of retaliation, for fear of this, for fear of that. And I think once all teachers get to that point, we will have a better education system. And that's really what I think as Teach Plus, what we'd like to see is for teachers to have that voice, right? To be able to, to participate in that collaborative process where they will step up as teacher leaders. So let's, let's talk about, you know, just your affinity group work itself. What things have you guys been able to accomplish so far? And or what would you like to still see happen as you continue to work in this fellowship? Uh, well, in my case, we, we uh, started in March. That was uh, our first, yeah, March, April. That's when we started. Uh, so mm -hmm. we have uh, about 14 educators that we meet regularly every month planning out. Uh, we had our first, literally first activity this past week. And when I mean first activity, main social activity. Uh, but we have been involved in curriculum writing. We have been involved in discussions about representation that are ongoing. We have been involved in conversations with uh, the bilingual program in our district regarding the way that is set up. And we are actually getting involved in the conversation of uh, LOT Spanish 
uh, language other than English person that we do not have in our district. Uh, so we are so we are getting involved in those issues as we speak now. Uh, so what I what I'm hoping is that the next part of our of our of our mission and vision comes to fruition because most of the teachers that are in our group are elementary school teachers. Uh, we have a couple of high school teachers, but we have, we just, well, we didn't, but somebody formed the Latino Studies Union in one of the high schools here. So we're going to start making those connections with the actual students uh, beginning actually in, this, in two weeks uh, when we're going to be uh, participating in one of their dances and that kind of stuff to create that connection that will lead us to this moving our kids towards college first and the educational mm -hmm. profession and that kind of activities that, that we want to create uh, because the representation is just one, one level that we want to push the district, but we want to work mm -hmm. with the community and the students in order to get that representation after we're done so they can take the tour. So I, I, uh, I, I am ecstatic about it and I am hopeful that this is going to continue as we move forward. But those are the two things that we're working on as we speak. Yeah, and I, I wanted to highlight something you said because um, I think it's important to to bring up that Ready to Lead is also unique in that not only is it using the affinity group model, uh, not only is it you know trying to target candidates of color to become teachers through high quality prep programs, but we're also trying to reach out to the community, to partner with community organizations, trying to team up and build a relationship with as many community organizations as possible so that we can really truly be effective and make a more significant impact. So thank you for bringing that up. And, and one of the things that I just love seeing. So Aletha, what have you guys been doing? I feel we need to do more. <laughs> Always, Always, right? Always. It's never enough. Never it's enough. never enough. We need to do a lot more than what we did. But... We have actually been in, um, we have been around for a year now. And so one of the, one of the first things that we did was we wanted to get old members off the board. And so that's what we did. We went out and made sure that we got the right people to be on the board that was going to be there for us. We changed. And the, the school board. You're talking about the school, the school board. board. Yeah. We changed the school board president to being one of those people that we voted on. And so that was one of the other things that we wanted to have happen. What we also got through the board was that they are required to hire more teachers of color. And we got the number. And I forgot what the number was, but we, we got that through. And so now we're pressuring them to also look at the percentage of teachers of color that are leaving and the reason why they're leaving and why they're not retaining them. But not only why they're not retaining them, but why are they not moving up in the district? We also are like trying to really talk to them about the Grow Your Own program, because if the students of color look at that, then that's one of the things we really want to happen. We got them to look at the student code of conduct. A big thing was written up about how they discipline more of the students of color than they do of, their, of the other students. And so really looking at changing that student code of conduct and really going real in depth with that. So that was one of the things on our list, but we're still not celebrating all of our cultures that we have in the district. So, and really our biggest thing, even if we get a department of diversity and inclusion, I still mm -hmm. won't be happy 
because there's still going to be something else that needs to have happened in this district that I'm not going to be happy about that they're going to need to change. You can give me a whole pie and be like, look, I cooked this for you. And I'm going to be like, you're great. But what else are you going to give me? You better give me something else. The work never so, stops, right? The work never stops. stops. I mean, great for these wins. I appreciate the wins. I appreciate what's going on right here. And I was like, ooh, yay, you felt like you gave us hiring of teachers of color, which you should have done years ago. Ooh, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. But now we need this. There's always more that can happen. Absolutely. And that's what I think that's a theme of our meetings when we get together is like, okay, great job, man. Look what you've accomplished. All right. Step back, take a breath, enjoy the moment. Now get back to work. And I I just want to, as we wrap this up today, and I I really want to thank you guys for your time. uh, Just being a part of this podcast, it really means a lot. Uh, but I, w- I want to just say that we can't judge our long-term success based on our short-term situation, uh, whether that's a perceived victory or a perceived failure. We just can't understand it in context until we're later on down the road. But to know that just because we decided to stand up to let our voice be heard, that in and of itself is impacting change. And that's what you guys are doing. I want to thank you for your efforts. Any closing thoughts that you have before we, we wrap it up for today's episode? Uh, Jamil, I'll start with you. I I want, first, thank you for the invitation. Uh, and But I, I want to make sure that whoever is listening to this uh, understands that the voices of teachers not only matter, but when it is together as a group of teachers, it actually makes more sense because not all teachers feel the same way. And I think that we need to start listening to teachers and teachers need to start listening to one another in order to grow our profession. And I think, yeah. I think that's, that's one of the, the major issues that I want to, to, to speak of is having your back means listening to each other. Alita? I will say this. Anybody who's listening and who wants to do this, um, the first day that I got into this fellowship, I told Dan, I said, nobody's going to listen to me. No, I'm not going to create any change and nothing's going to happen. That's what you said. I said it back like (laughs) that. I was like, eh, I'll be glad Mm -hmm. to even get a seat at the table. Um, (laughs) I will say, do your best. And I will also say this to people, too you're not always going to have the same mindset as everybody else, but you need to listen to what others are saying. Listening is one of the best things because what I believe is not the belief of somebody else, but we're stronger together than when we're apart. As Jamil said, teachers speak up. We're stronger together than we are apart from each other. Thank you guys. Uh, Again, my, my heartfelt, gratitude and uh, i'm just couldn't be more proud of the things that you guys are doing so thank you again for being with me today thank you you. isn't it amazing what can happen when we elevate the voice of teachers i can't tell you how incredible it is to see improvements in education for students because of the efforts of effective teacher leaders in the next episode we'll talk more about our policy fellowship and the work being done to advocate for our students and teachers at the state level Teach Plus is a national nonprofit that empowers teachers to lead improvements in educational policy and instructional practice. Visit teachplus.org for more information.